This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith. You see him on the Big Ten Network. Howard, you know what? I was going to start this a different way, but you kind of came in and uh, you dropped the bomb. What's going on, man? What's happening at Nebraska? We're going to find out soon. It seems that, you know, my, my phone's been blowing up saying that, um, you know, there's some meetings going on amongst their uh, – they're bored there, so maybe they're getting ready to make a decision as far as the coaching uh, search is concerned, or maybe they're not. But it's always curious when uh, when when boards come together for a special meeting. I mean, what do you think Nebraska is going because because Scott Frost and and you know, hold on, we 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 made this for you, Scott, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> My radio partner told me at the beginning of the year that this was Scott Frost's year, and I was like, man, they're gonna lose that first game, so. Howard, it's been such a long time. Where, where do you think that they're going? Because I really haven't heard any rumors to where Nebraska was looking. I mean, I always heard the Urban Meyer thing, but I'm thinking, yeah. would Urban really go to Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, I was one of the ones that thought, you know, not that it was going to happen, but thought that Urban would be a, a, a heck of a pick for them. Because I think uh, when you think about where Nebraska is and you think about their fan base, they really want to win right now. And, um, you know, I thought Urban is the kind of guy that can make that happen. Uh, but I think you, the other side of it, when you start to look at it, they need somebody who's built a program. Uh, they can build a program, sustain a program. And, you know, their names out there have been floated for, for a long time. Matt Rule was one of the names that came up even when he was still uh, employed by the Carolina Panthers that if, something happened there because there were a lot of rumors about that, that maybe he would be the perfect pick for uh, a team like Nebraska. But, you know, Mickey is a, a – Joseph is a, is a super recruiter and doing the things he's supposed to do. Right. But I think when you, you start to look at Nebraska, they've got to make a decision on what direction they want to do. And the one thing I do know is that Trev is going to make the right decision. He's a strong, he's a strong athletic director, understands what he wants from – football program and understands how that program should run. So it's no doubt that he's going to get the the, the right person uh, to get the program turned around. Now, whether it's going to be a quick fix or whether it's going to, you know, take a couple of years, you know, that remains to be determined by whoever uh, decides it's going to occupy see, that corner office. See, here's the thing about Nebraska. Nebraska, Howard falls into one of those programs that I think the problem is they can't get out their own way. They want to go back to the days of glory. They're not willing to pay the prices. I want. They want to take the shortcut and just go jump straight to the good part. And instead of doing the building, I, when I look like a pro, like Texas, like certain schools, you know they want to be good, but it's like guys, you, you got to grow this thing the right way, or else you're gonna keep firing coaches and firing coaches. 
I look at Nebraska, like I said, Miami, Florida, like those schools, can they can they just let a guy come in there and really grow that thing up? And I don't want to hear about tradition and what Tom Osborne would have done. Can you just let a person be a person? Because I think about when Rich Rod came to Michigan, and I always laugh because I said this. If Michigan would allow Rich Rod to be Rich Rod and bring his defensive coordinator, Michigan would have been a powerhouse, not Ohio State. He had to spread at Michigan before Ohio State had to spread. And now, you know, Ohio State kind of said, well, we'll forget about all of that stuff and we'll just let Urban be Urban and you mm-hmm. see what happened. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about it, you know, Rich Rod was, you know, on the forefront, as you mentioned, when you started talking about the spread. And, and to me, you know, it only shows you only get an opportunity. You see a guy like Denard Robinson, and listen, I, I know Michigan fans were a little upset that, you know, he couldn't throw it around, but I don't know that they've had a more dynamic quarterback since then, right? I mean, he was a special, special player. You know what? Here's, position. here's the funny and thing. He's a game changer. Howard, the one that I thought, if, if Rich Ross stays, the one who I thought really could have catapulted Michigan into that that next category was Devin Gardner because yeah. Devin could throw yep. and Devin could run. Now he wasn't like Denard Robinson when he was trying mm-hmm. to run 80 yards, but De- and he was bigger and stronger. He could take that hit. And I'm like, you know, because I was like, man, if you keep Devin put Denard in the backfield, now you got yeah. that old uh Pat White, Steve Slayton type of thing going on, like yeah. they had at West Virginia. I, that's what I always thought, but Michigan wasn't patient, and I, and I guess I, to bring it back, when I look at teams like Nebraska, it's like, are you going for the quick fix home run hire, or are you trying to bring in somebody who could really put some roots down and clean this thing out and fix it? Because you, Nebraska really hasn't been good in a long time. Well, well, think about this. You know, they went to uh, at the time the, the Big Ten championship game, and you know they got demolished in that game, but. You know, they still have been there. And one of the things that happens, man, I, you know, it's one of those things. Like, Nebraska was winning nine games. But then people <laughs> were complaining that it was not the right nine games. Yep. And they were concerned about what the coach looked like on the sideline and whether he was upset or not. And it's, you know, you have all those things, and now they fall into where they are now. The challenge is going to be, and you already said it, they have to hire a person who can be able, who, who's probably been some other places and had some success, maybe been to the NFL and not quite had the success that they would want, but can see a program and understand that they're going to have all the resources. Because that's that's one thing Nebraska is not going to lack for is resources that are going to be poured in uh, to football and athletics. They've got all of that. You know, they're building and adding on to facilities as we speak right now. So having that guy that can stick there and be there for a while is what it really is ultimately going to take. That's going to have the vision to where football is headed. And, and when I talk about that, we only look at we only have to look at a couple of programs. You look at Iowa, you look at Wisconsin, you look at uh, Northwestern. I'm not saying that you know you can't win the way they're winning it, but I would say that they're probably doing it the way traditionally uh, those programs have been run. And that's not where the elite of college athletics is running right now. No. You know, it's 50 plus um, support staff members that they have on their roster uh, as far outside of just your coaches and GAs. 
whether you know they're doing recruiting, whether they're doing, uh, whether they're looking at uh, you know a transfer portal, NIL, all of these different things have now come to the forefront. And you look at the most successful programs that are out there, are the ones that are that are doing well right now. Their back office is huge, yeah, and, and that's where college athletics has gone, and that's where it's going. And if you're not going to be committed to doing that, you're going to be slow for change, and you're going to find yourself you know, behind. And right now, you see some of our traditional powers are behind. And you look at Illinois right now, they believe in the back office. They believe in all that support and help. And, and you see what they're doing. And part of that is obviously the coach, but they, you got to make those slight adjustments. Yeah. No, no. But when you look at teams like that, it, it is something that some schools just get it. But I think... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you're that powerhouse school, man, people always want to go back to the good old days when we we used to do this and we used to do. see. I always thought Nebraska's biggest problem when they joined the Big Ten was they they left their base of Texas because they got a lot of people out of Texas when they were in the Big Twelve, and it was almost as if they tried to go get the Midwest kids. And it's like, no, you got to remember your base. So you you got to hope that maybe that coach can because you're right. I remember when they went out there. When they were good, had Indomitian Sue, and, you know, before they came to the Big Ten, and they did make it there once. I think that, that was the team that – was that the team that lost to Ohio State, the, the eventual uh, national title? They lost to – who did they lose to? Yeah, they got, they got pounded by whoever it was. I mean, it was, it was kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Um, but I just when – I, when I see that, it's just – it's interesting to see the name because you're right. You got tons of resources. You're the only game in town in that state, so – you don't have to compete with a professional team. It's you, you know, and, and it's this nice stadium. You know, they, the fans are there regardless of win or lose. That that tells me a lot that even through these lean years, man, they still got that fan support. Rico, I'm going to tell you something that I, that I had never seen before, and this is when my son was coming out of, out of high school. Um, he went to a camp there, and I kid you not, there had to be somewhere between twelve and 15,000 fans at a high school football camp put on in Nebraska. <laughs> so that kind of gives you a little insight to how important football is to the state of Nebraska and how engaged their fan base is when they're coming to watch, you know, 16, 17, eight-year-old kids wow. run around up and down the field hoping that you know, maybe they will at some point don the, the Nebraska uniform. So the support is there. Uh, they've had success. They just, they have to understand that you have, they, the success that they want to have moving forward will have nothing to do with the past because football's not played the way, you know, they were so accustomed to it under, under Osborne. You know, Bo Pelini, I'm going to tell you, Bo Pelini was an unbelievable coach and, and still is. Right. But as I mentioned earlier, every time something would go wrong, television directors did what? Pan, pan right to Bo Pelini because they knew they would give him a look. 
Yep. And, you know, people talk about, well, you know, he shouldn't be like that with the kids, shouldn't do this. And those players loved him, you know, because he was real. I mean, yes, he got mad at him, but he also loved him up. But that that's not the part that they showed. No, so, no, you're you know, right. Because I remember they used, to, they used to do the same thing with, with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. And they would catch him all red faced screaming at somebody. It's like, you're cheating right now. That's not fair. You don't show him when he patting the player on the back. Oh, he, somebody made a mistake. Quick, mm-hmm. cut to Brian Kelly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's so. So when do you think we could possibly see some movement today? Man, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're if they're meeting today. They're probably are coming down to making a decision of the direction they want to go. Um, so we'll we'll have to stay tuned to that one. Um, but it looks like something could be imminent. Come on, Howard. Howard, you know he got that secret file, folks. He just don't want to share it with us. <laughs> I wish I did. I mean, I would, I'd would. i love to break the news, but I have no idea. I don't get a chance to sit in those meetings. But listen, I, I think if the right coach is out there, um, like I said, Trev, I, I believe that he's a, a strong AD, and he, he's going to continue to do great things at Nebraska for that program. Uh, he knows what he wants. And if the, if the coach is available right now, if there's a coach out there that's available, including the one on his own roster uh, right now that's leading the program in Mickey, um, he's going to go get him and he's going to commit to him. Because I think the other side of it, too, is, you know, we're winding down to the football season, particularly if you're you're a team that, that's not competing for a Big Ten championship and you're a team that, that may not make a bowl or on the fringes of, of trying to make a bowl, you've got to make a decision there because recruiting is important. And you got to make sure – that you're not setting your program back by waiting too long to make a decision right. at the head coaching spot that these recruits that are out there are sitting there waiting like, well, I don't know what they're going to do. Because right now, everybody, most of the play, players are committing in December at right. the early signing period, right? They're not waiting. They're not waiting until what the traditional uh, signing period has been in the past. Now, do you think so got to make a decision if they went with the interim coach, I hate to say it, but would that be a big enough splash to satisfy the fan base? Or are you out there only waiting for a big name to say, yeah, look at what we got? Because a lot of times, man, the interim coach could be the best thing for you. They just don't have that cachet. Yeah, and that and that's why I say it's so important to have an athletic director who can sell his his person and his coach. Because the I would say that athletic director that doesn't have the the swag or or the credibility uh, when hiring a coach, you know, he may have to try. He or she may need to to rein in support and try to sell uh, the next coach. But I don't think Trevor is that kind of. He's not that type of leader. I think he can. He's strong enough where he can go in and say, "This is our guy. This is why we're going with this person right now, and this is the importance of it." And you know, the board would feel comfortable with that. All right, go ahead. You can blink twice if it rhymes with Durbin Sire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. But, you know, you never know. 